Hello there again, listener, on another, another lovely day in Melbourne. Nice and wet, not cold, and certainly not hot. And time, of course, it's just like this program. Not cold, not hot, just, well, it's just like little Goldilocks, like, just right. Because it's 3CR, your only radio left, and time for Left After Breakfast. Susanna Duffy here with you this morning. And joined by, whoops, our resident historian, Glenn, our historian, not just his and her historian, but our historian. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Susanna, and good morning to listener. A lovely spring day here in Melbourne Town. And as you know, the old song, the springtime brings on shearing. Uh, yes, it does, doesn't it? It does. Speaking That's of, a love song, isn't it? It's a shearing song, I recall, from the old folk days in Australia in the 19th century. Look, speaking of old songs... How did you recall the 19th century, Glenn? You're not going to make out you're older than I am. I've read about it, my dear. Oh, you've read about it. I kept forgetting you Reading reads. is believing. Now, speaking of songs being on your mind, I've had, for the last few days, I've had it sink the Bismarck in my mind. The old Johnny Horton song. I yes. cannot get it out of my mind. Sink the Bismarck. I get From that. 1960. I, I get confused between uh, Sink the Bismarck and um, We Fired Our Guns and the British Skeptic Coming. The Battle of New Orleans. They sound pretty much the same, the same rhythm. Sink the Bismarck reached number one, uh, Battle of New Orleans reached number three. Well, um, there you go. We Fired Our Guns and the British Skeptic Coming. Johnny Horton um, dedicated the Battle of New Orleans to his Irish relations. Because in the Battle of New Orleans, about when the Americans gave the British a flogging in 1814. But think the Bismarck, it's been in my mind over and over, I had this, this big German boat and it terrorised the British for a week and a half and it was gone. And that was World War II, which is a long time ago. And today's story, that's a segue to today's story, because today's story starts around oh, the start of World War II, way back in the late 30s. You know, it's interesting, I saw a question come up the other day, was um, when, in these wartime things, when you talk about a wolf pack... Would you be referring to some planes, uh, some boats, or some tanks? The middle one. Yeah, submarines. German submarines. Yeah. Well, the German submarines terrify the, terrorise the convoys, bring supplies to Britain. And the Bismarck was going to play the same role. They thought the Bismarck on the open seas would cause great havoc for the supply columns. And they... They hunted down the Bismarck and um, they lost the hood. The hood was the, um, the flagship of the British Navy between the two wars. And um, yes, it uh, sunk. It was 1,419 crew and only three survived. Oh, my God. But, I, mean, I saw a lovely dock on the hood a while ago. I have a hood sand around the world in the 20s and 30s. And it was the pride of a Navy. And one shot from the Bismarck went through its old wooden decks and hit the magazine. And it's 110 tonnes of high explosive in the magazine. Oh. And three men out of 1,419 survived. So the hood went down and the Bismarck went six days later. How awful. How awful. Anyway, let's go away from the gloom and dimmer war. And let's go back just to the start of World War II, the late 1930s. And we're going to go to the northern suburbs of Melbourne, out near the suburb of Bandura, which is now the uh, city of Darabin. And out there was the Rundle Hospital. Now, La Ronda was planned in the late 1930s. It was 10 hectares allocated in 1938. Because way of replacing the old hospital at Mayday Hills at Beechworth. They wanted a new psychiatric institution close to town. But the planning commenced, and then the war broke out. So for the war years, 1939 to 1945, La Ronda was used as a training base and a hospital for the Air Force. And the plans to relocate the old psych unit was put on hold. 
So it's say it just say training base. Well, not flying train, but just navigator training and instruction training, as well as a hospital for the Air Force. So La Rundle, which we know became a mental health hospital, was used as a RWF facility for so a So it years. was just a set of buildings that that changed mm. their purpose, but the buildings were already there. Yeah, but ten hectares were allocated to replace Beechworth. The work commenced, then the war came, so they re they rejigged it. And when the war ended, there was a severe housing shortage around Melbourne. Melbourne had an influx of people during the war years, not of housing. And people were housed in emergency housing style at La Rundle for long periods in the late 40s, early 50s, as they established nearby suburbs like Layla. Now, Layla was built after World War II, so there's a big diff of accommodation in the north of Melbourne. So there must have been houses there on that site, you know, houses uh, for the Air Force sort of personnel. There were, there were more dormitories Dormitories and wards, and they used to house families. I don't have the specifics of how the housing. Was no, but I'm saying it was. You said like it was an air force yeah. place, and um, air force hospital and air train force. facility. And then it was it was a hospital as well. Yeah. So then it was sort of commandeered to put some emergency housing, some emergency housing in. So, so it was wards, so, dormitories, yeah, cupboards. They could have just been in things like that. And I was just curious because I know there's um, well, a friend of mine actually lives in a former air force. House and they some lovely houses over um, by Laverton. Yes, it was at the Air back Force of the Air Force base there. there. We had friends. Good morning, there. Sandra. But I have a friend who has a lovely, a couple of friends who has a lovely house just there. It was formerly an Air Force house. Well, over a hundred families were housed in the Rundle for a period of time from forty-six to about fifty-one. So where are they now? The people. Yeah, they'd be older than you and me. The kids be older than you and me. So I don't know where they've gone. We're talking seventy years ago, my dear. Yes, but still, I'd like to know where, the, where they are. Well, Melbourne has a severe housing crisis. That's when they, they were what, part of it. And that's when we had Campbell. Yes, Campbell. It was the old MCG, wasn't it, Campbell? No, no. It was in... Parkville? It was in Royal Park. The MCG was I used by the Americans. Well. They played... But the famous 1945 grand final of Bloodbath was played at Princess Park, Carlton, South Melbourne. I'm not sure they played the 44 grand final, but... Um, I'm not talking Park. about the footy. I am talking about the footy here. I'm talking about Campbell. Which the against the in there in all the land of Royal Park and it ended um, on Flemington Road. And my tram used to go through, the tram I used to catch would go through there and I would kneel up on the seat and stare out the window at all these semi-dressed children running around and like some like some tourists in, in, in the third world. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I just accepted when I was a child. And mm. I, you don't question society well, when you're a child. Campbell served the purpose, as did La Ronda in that period of time. But um, mm. as I said, La Ronda was built in the late 30s. It was way laid and used for the RAAF, was used for emergency housing. But by the early 50s, the old mental health institutions are sort of becoming parts used by date. I said Matter Hills and Beechworth were parts used by date. And La Ronda finally opened in the mid-1950s. La Ronda... Opened back in 1953, 55. So you're saying there's other mental, these institutions for the... There was Mayday Hills in Beechworth. You said they'd used, bars they used by, Jade. Yeah. What, what were they like? Dilapidated, run down, uh, rang down. Look, the whole model, I spoke with John Cade last week. There's some of the change in psychiatry after World War Two. I'm not saying they're great places. I'm not saying you recommend them, but... Um, they were very authoritarian. And I mentioned the John Cade story, how Cade went to England and spent some time on that group work of people. And he decided group therapy was appropriate for the big institutions to bring people together to share their illnesses, to share their experiences. 
And you have a pin and they look after what we're to do is there's mental health institutions and those who had either IDs or physical disabilities. Q Cottages, Kalula, mm. Pleasant View, Griswell, uh, Mount Park, Mount Royal, Royal Park, La Rundle. So for people that had um ailments that society found hard to deal with, they were sort of put away institutions. They were sort of out of sight, sort the of ones out of mind. that society had trouble dealing with. Yeah. They sort of, look, it's not what you want to see in your genteel not, streets around not town. Not what you want to see. No. And they're not, you know, there was the mad, the bad and the sad. Yes, and you that's sort of, a, an we, we can, we can paper, tr- isn't it, for well, many years back, all sad, mm. bad, or mad, bad, mad, or sad. Mm. And you can treat them out, out the mm. way. So the Ronda was set up to, you could, lovely big grounds, 10 hectares allocated, lovely trees and birds and gardens, and we'll lock you in here and you can be, um, no one will see you, but you're being looked after, and we'll, we'll work on treating you. You might be a lobotomy and might be shock treatment. We'll treat you in here out of way, out of sight. And these institutions, oh, well, that's how they. You know yourself. Look at the great movie when I flew the cuckoo's nest. This sort of things, you know. This was indicative of how psychology operated in the sixties and seventies. Not a lot even earlier was even a lot more primitive. And La Ronda, when it first opened, there was a total of uh, three hundred eighty-seven beds. Yeah, a quarter were allocated for female patients. Then they had another three hundred sixty beds, two hundred seventy for female patients. So seven hundred forty-seven beds. And three hundred and fifty, just under half for female patients. And La Rundle spent for the next four decades from the from the mid fifties to the mid nineties. It was probably the premier mental health facility in Melbourne. It was um it treated for thousands of illnesses. It was a, cl- a clinical laboratory nearby. There was also La Trobe University built on the back of La Rundle as a big park that was opened up for university as well as a hospital. But in the 80s, there was a big change occurred in the, uh, in the health field. There's a, a school of thought called deinstitutionalisation. Say it quickly. Deinstitutionalisation. Yeah, deinstitutionalisation. And they put people on the street. Yeah, that's right. It said how, look, you know, these institutions are very, very cruel places. You know, they're not nice. They're archaic. Time to close them. We'll give you some freedom. We'll give you a chance to run your own life. We're going to close the place down and you can become part of our community. So they closed the big places. Kalula. Royal Park, Roswell. Yes, at the time I was um, looking after a housing group and there was a, one big rooming house. Mm. It was a really nice rooming house yeah. and with a bit of sort of working in here and there and talking to various people from different departments. Mm. Ended up having um, a man um, housing there. He was 47 years old yeah. and he had been in yeah. Royal Park. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Royal Park since he was nine yep, yep. because he couldn't speak. He did have a particular and intellectual disability. It was obvious just by looking at him that he did, but he had never learned to speak. No one ever tried to teach him to speak. Since he was nine years old, and he, there he was. Yeah, I know, but Glenn's nodding his head. And so, I'm but thinking, is, when you think about it, it's dreadful. I was working in the flats in Carlton in 1993, and um, I did some liaising with one of the psych nurses. She visited a patient in the older person's block. He was a man in his 60s. He didn't know how to cook, had his appliances, how to turn the gas on or off. But he's free now. He was out of institution. He was free. He had freedom. 
He had mm. choice now. He couldn't survive, but hey, it was an issue. They close these big institutions and they sell the land for developers, really wealthy developers. I think this who, is what wait, this is the reason, isn't it? They sold the land to developers. That's right. And the government made a nice whack that's from right. the crown land. And so did the developers and, they made an even bigger whack. And the developers made a huge developers made a huge bloody whack, yes, of course. A, a late comrade of ours, Ray Burbling, was a psych nurse. Ray wrote a book in the mid-80s, I've got it at home, about um, the experiences of deinstitutionalisation in the US and Australia, the homeless on the streets, the lack of supports in place, the sell-offs, all in the name of freedom. Choice, you know? More, more civil approaches. And look, no one's saying La Rundle or Kalula or Kew Cottage were great places. They weren't about, you know, Trimple Well. But again, they weren't portrayed as the choice I give them when I sent out into the streets, you know? And deinstitutionalisation, yeah, it has its good ideas, but um, as I say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's well, it is. Mm. <laughs> well, again, one always divides into two, you know. It was good to close these places. It was good aspects, but some bad aspects too. Was it more good than bad? It's debatable. Well, dumping them on the street is no bloody result <laughs> you want to know, is it? And I was absolutely horrified. Well, I was more shocked, I think, knocked speechless when I discovered that um, as a move with this new budget, they had one of the measures they were bringing into place, you know, to save this this desperate debt that we, we're, we're suddenly in, to save, we've got to take these terrible measures, like was to cut all benefits mm. to people who had... Um, a criminal record yeah. of one seri- of a serious crime, who had committed a serious crime, who had severe, severe psychiatric yeah. disorders, severe, who had been diagnosed with severe psychiatric disorders, they were going to cut all benefits yeah. to them whatsoever. Uh, what was classified as a serious crime, because I thought, what's a serious crime? Oh, assault, I suppose. Maybe destruction of property. Not paying your Mikey? Yeah, but I mean, what? What's uh, the? Uh, it was they defined it as spending any time in jail. Many of those people who, with severe psychiatric. Well, what are they going to do? Cut when off when the they money. close La Rundle and Kalula and Griswold and Pleasant View and those places, many of those here end up in jail because they had nowhere to go. Yes. They didn't have living skills. They didn't have to, you know, pay bills, had to turn the gas on. They were stuck. Had to go shopping and to all buy an orange. survival skills. Yeah, they couldn't do those things, but they had freedom. They had a choice now. And that was one of the joys of deinstitutionalisation. We closed these big places, and many of them did need closing. But if you're going to close them, what do you replace them with? You have a support in place first. They didn't do these things. They sold the land off. It's, it's lovely big land. You go up um, plenty of road past the old La Rundle, and there's, there's new villages there. There's Dan Murphy's there. There's servos there. There's shops there. It's lovely prime real estate. And the developers made squeans. It's like when, um, was it Mr. 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 Kennett closed the schools in the early 90s, and the, one of the big developers involved in buying the old schools was in the Bellevue family. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's amazing how these things happen. There's that, that symmetry of it, you know? Close the places, but La Ronald's been closed since the late 90s. Um, a lot of the buildings remain there, they're squatted, they're vandalized. There is a new estate built around there, but those buildings stand as a bit of a, a testament, a bit of a monument to you know the old ways which were those who were mad, bad, and or sad. And that's a little bit of a pot history of La Ronald Hospital, which is part of our, our story. Yeah, that's absolutely awful. 
It is awkward, but like as I said, look, I discussed John Cade last week, and mental health issues are a big part of our reality. Like any given time, one in five of us has a mental health disorder. And at, we, at any given time. One in five Australians one in five. experiences a mental health disorder. We have a lot of, um, if you've got cancer or you've got, you know, cardiovascular problems or diabetes, you get, you know, people feel sorry for you, people support you. But if you've got anxiety or bipolar affective disorder or depression or OCD, you, you question, well, you're, you're sick, but that's not, they're not really illnesses, are they? They're not really sick. And yes, they are. Mental health issues are a huge fact in terms of our mortality rates, in terms of our burden, life burden. Mental health is a big issue in Australia, and we need to understand it, to treat it. And a lot of the stigma has gone over the last 25, 30 years, but it's still a lot of unknowns. And again, when it's prevalent, as I said, one in five of us has a problem at a given time, it's a big issue out there. It still has a lot of stigma, doesn't it? It's going, but it hasn't gone. It's a long way from gone. Oh, come on, tough it up, will you? Lift your game. Yes, what are you, what are you sick, you know? What, it, it isn't like it was 40 years ago, it's though. 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. What, what, what's wrong with you? You're like, come on, you're an adult now, come on, lift no, again. You were sneered at, you were held yeah, in contempt. You were. And never ever trusted for the rest of your life. No. Yeah. Because you're a loony, mate, you're a loony. Oh, you're a loser, a loser and a loony, you know? It's just the last few years, it's, it's, it's sort of accepted that these people aren't loony, they just aren't man enough to face up to the situation. Well, we. They just can't handle life. We experience issues in life, all of us, and again, and we've come a long way, it was a long way to go. Closing of institutions in many ways was an important step forward, but they served the purpose for a while. And La Ronda was one of the, the better known ones. And it, you know, it housed over 600 patients at any given time. It's thousands of patients over its almost 40s existence. And um, it's part of our, of our history in Australia, part of our history in Melbourne, part of our history of health in this country. And in those days, this is a, I'm on a bit of a tangent here, health in those days was about, it was your right for health care. It wasn't a commodity. We didn't have the big private hospitals in those days like we have nowadays. And people were patients. They weren't consumers. And uh, just for whole change. And they how were treat, patients then, weren't they? Yeah. How they we were consumers. No, no, you're consumers. Well, you might as well call them customers. <laughs> what's the difference, you know? Customer, consumer, what's the difference? It's just the whole process of how worlds change. And, you know, we go one step forward, two back, two forward, one back. And just about just being aware of these things. And that's my... um. That's my memories of the Ronald Hospital, which in there, yeah, so you got plenty of road, they're still there in Bandura, crossing the lobby of Bandura Parks, and got Bandura Parks changed over the years. I remember as a kid playing ball over there, playing cricket with my cousins, and nowadays there's lots of houses, there's big communities there, and um, yeah, it's just development in Melbourne, and it's always changing. Well, Melbourne has changed. Mm. Australia has changed. The world has changed. I noticed just recently... Mm. I don't know why I noticed this, Lister, and, 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 and I apologise in advance for mentioning it, too, but some woman mm. in her 60s from northern Queensland somewhere was explaining why she voted this time for One Nation. Yep. And she had these sort of things that she mm. said some absolutely... I couldn't understand what she said because I was so stupid and... Yeah. Made, well, they made no sense, really, apart from the fact. But the, her main thing was, she said, she didn't even recognise the Australia she grew up in. I thought, well, I <laughs> you don't, well, actually, I don't recognise the Australia I grew up Did in so? either because it's not the same Australia. It's a different bloody Australia. That's what it is. And you have to accept the social reality of the time in which you live. OK, it's not the 50s anymore. Yeah. I can't mutter about, you know, like John Howell was always talking about family values of 
of the 50s. Mm -hmm. It's not the 60s anymore and I can't run around looking for any drunk I can find or, you know, the old swinging 60s. It's not the 70s when we worked really hard caring and sharing. It's not, it's not. This Mm. is 2016 and the world is different. Australia is different. And we have to live in this country and it's no good saying so mm. I don't like the way the country's changing because when I get on the train there are all these Asian people on it I don't like the way the country's changing I don't recognise it because my garbers, garbos who come around to get my rubbish are all from North Africa, some are in the Horn of Africa you know, and I swear some of them hardly speak any English at all. And I and I don't like the way the country's changed because when I go to catch on the bus, there are just too many school children on it. I don't like it. My country's changed. Mm. Well, I can either like it or lump it, can't I? As it is, it will not remain. As I said in, in German, VSS ist bliebes nicht. Yes. And that's the thing, like, you know, um, I discussed last about John Cade. Uh, one of the, the morals of my Cade stories, you know, people like Cade were great thinkers. He was a man who, who would do his country proud of his advances in medicine. But again, in the modern climate, he'd be considered an elite or a wanker. You know, this whole growth nowadays, you know, anti-intellectual thought processes, that's a bit of an oxymoron. But that bloke in the Senate, who's been battling up that Paul Hanson colleague, like, he's indicative of, of a, a modern Australia. Where if Did you, you see how, 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 how he proves oh, that uh, climate oh, change? Oh, I can't bother. No. <laughs> so the sun shines on the earth. The well, sun's rays are hot. The earth bounces those rays, rays back into the atmosphere, which cools them. So the atmosphere cools the earth. This is why climate change theory is all wrong because they don't understand that the atmosphere cools the earth. Hmm. Now, I would have, if a five-year-old gave me an explanation like that, I'd say, I'm glad to see you're trying to think this through. Now, I'll just show you where your logic is oh. wrong here, but, but you, I like the way that you've actually thought up an argument and you've stated it. But this man's not five years old. By the grace of 77 people... 77 people he is in the Senate. Hmm. This man, and he should, this man who should be wearing a tinfoil cap, oh. a man who says, he, who likens himself to Socrates. But we're a rewarding ignorance. That's what the moral of my John Cage story last week was. Cage was a great thinker, a man who made great developments in medicine. Modern day Australia, he wouldn't fit in because he thinks, you know. You can't think now. You have an opinion. But you can't think. I mean, and again, this bloke in the Senate, you know, this clown, I mean, goodness me. What does it say about the Australian, the level of public dialogue in Australia nowadays? Where's it at? Where's it going, you know? I mean, it's a, it's an indictment upon our society. You know what I mean? But we the allow ignorance. the absolute ignorance, ra- ignorance. the ravings, uh, the ravings of an intellectually challenged moron, racist and bigot. Why we allowed this man? Seventy-seven people. I can't get over. Remember that, listen. Seventy-seven people. When his leader says we're being swamped by Muslims, um, there's more one nation voters in Australia than there is Muslims. So where's where's swamping occurring? You know, how's the swamping occurring? I mean, it's just the whole lack of in, the whole ignorance is at the forefront, and ignorance feeds upon itself. It does. It perpetuates itself. And Again, what you do, I mean, you, you walk out of a cell like the Greens did. What, how you deal with it? You can't debate them logically. No. You're case logic of idiots. It's just no, it's a very challenging time. No, you can't debate with someone who doesn't understand anything. It's a challenging time. Some, yeah, someone who's intellectually challenged. You can't debate with them. You can't, look, you can't use logic of idiots. And these are idiots, some of these people, you know. And they're, 
they don't realise that they're idiots because they're idiots. And that's well, like, I'm sorry, but that's well, how it works. But that's a Dunning-Kruger syndrome. So yes. In Dunning-Kruger, people that are stupid don't believe they're stupid. They're opinionated. They tell everyone how smart they are, and people follow them. And this is a sad tale, you know? Because they're too stupid to know that that's they're right. stupid. And that's Dunning-Kruger listeners. who were two American psychologists yeah, yes. who did some tests a while ago. Anyway, it's not all gloom and doom listeners, because 100 years ago today, Archbishop Daniel Mannix made his first special conscription. Hundred years ago today, September 16, 1916, Manix first spoke out about conscription. And tonight, from six PM onwards, at the Arkenhead Hall, Aikenhead Company, I'm blind. Aikenhead Hall at St John's Parish, Corner oh, Queen Parade, and Wellington Street, Clifton Hill, there'll be a talk on Manix's speech. You'll have Rod Quantock, Von Noon, and various others. So if you want to come along and, and be, various others, like yourself, that's, you, the, that's that famous you, group. You'll be there, won't you, my dear? Well, it depends. It's not going there. It's it's, it's getting home. That's well, always my problem. Well, let's let's see how we how we go. But um, listeners, come along tonight. So yeah, it's the centenary of Mannix's first special conscription at six to six thirty p.m. Sorry, six to seven thirty tonight at the Aikenhead Hall in Queens Parade, Clifton Hill. And again, these people like these um <laughs> these one nation types, these other ignorant people. What would they know about Mannix and conscription? The, the, the lack of knowledge among people. There's a horrible rewarding of ignorance out there. Did you see also that this week there are moves brought forward by some very well-known people to for um, northern Queensland to yeah, secede? Yeah. Yeah. Not no, from Australia. From Queensland. But from the rest of Queensland. Yeah. Have two states of Queensland. Uh, I think there was two MPs voted for it. The move and the motion and someone else. I mean, it lost like uh, eighty-one against and two, three, four, four, two, four, was, two, was it? Four. It was Cater and one other person, but it's like, um, but it's like the Western Australian secession movements which appear every few years. They come and go. What's happened to that bloke who actually seceded from Australia? Down, he's on some river somewhere. In Hutt. Hutt. King Leonard of Hutt, wasn't it? Yes. Whatever happened to him? Look, he. Um, he what was his been, name? King Leonard. Was it King Leonard of Hutt? Lenny. <laughs> He had some issues, that man. He wasn't a well-man, really? poor person. Look, he needed treatment. I mean, he would have been better served in somewhere else other than in Hutt. Or maybe, really, he was just... He wasn't... He didn't need any help at all. He just knew well what he was doing. Oh, it's a so. sovereign... But he has his sovereign state, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the principality of Hutt River. So it's oh. still there, listener. It's still there. Did... Do you need um, passports and things? You did, didn't you, one stage? He printed his own passports and currency. Apparently it's a, a, a tourist attraction. Leonard Casley, that's him. King Lenny. King Lenny of Hunt oh, River. God, good Lord. Sounds like there's a good cartoon about King Lenny, I think. King there was Lenny's, King Leonardo Lyon when I was a kid. No, King Lenny's one of the wonderful characters what? from those, you know, from Mozambique. King was King Leonardo Lyon in the seventies when I was a young person. When I was a callow youth in those days, my dear. Here's a nice word, callow. You don't hear the word callow used very often, do you? Well, it depends on what company. <laughs> Some don't have much use at all. So I've got a few more minutes to go, and we've got. To, now I do want to mention before I go, the radiothon's been and gone, but has everyone paid their pledge? Because we need your money. We are your Vox Populi, and we only survive with your support. If you haven't paid up, please pay up. And Susan, how can listeners pay up if they haven't paid up? What mode of payment can be used? 
I'm just waiting for you to no, give one of your wonderful speeches. No, I've had my pass it over to you now. No, you're so really segue. good at this. You're I did a segue. Really... <laughs> how do you pay? You're really, really good at no, this. Like, they've taken us off the wall. Anyway, listeners, if you've made a pledge, please pay here. You can come along to 3CR at 21 Smith Fitzroy. You he can... said 21 Smith Street Fitzroy, listener. Can... He almost forgot. You can call 039419 You almost your... forgot the phone number too. Or your credit card payments. And if you do come to Smith Street, cash, check, or credit, we accepted. Because we need your money to keep ourselves as box populi. Because worse, we hear about La Rundle, John Cade, and these sort of stories. And it's probably time for me to depart the Greener Pastures, my dear. They could come along to at the um, open open day Good. next month. Deal. Mm. Well, until then, my dear, what more can I say than Chocula? Chocula.
lovely song from Mary Black. Terrific singer you're here on 3CR, your only radio left, and you're listening to Left After Breakfast. Susanna Duffy here with you again, and I'm joined, gosh, by the stars of uh, 3CR. Um, I'll say good morning to Irene Bolger. Good morning, Irene. Oh, good morning. That's a surprise. I thought you were going to say... Say something else. (laughs) And I'm going to say, gosh, it's the bag man still here. Looking incredibly bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning, Bagman. In fact, I'm a bit afraid to ask you what you've been up to because it may not be something you can talk about on air because you certainly look like the cat who swallowed the canary. No, uh, everything's uh, quite uh, above board, Susan. Um, Been mainly trying to save our house and the country from flooding. We can't even get into the local town. Of Tolbert, oh, all that gold that. that's in the uh, in the streets of Tolbert will be washed it's down washed. to the creek. So I hope it's washing down my way. <laughs> but uh, the house is um, ready to go under. Oh, that's yes. good. Well, I've been in Queensland for a week, and uh, I've had the lovely weather up there and mosquito bites. You can yeah. see oh, that I've yes, got mosquito bites all over me. He's holding up his um, his spotty arm to the microphone, yeah. listeners, yes. so that you can oh, see the mosquito yes. bites. Yeah. Well, I have a friend um, um, in, in, in Malden, and oh, she, yeah. she's absolutely, she said, cabin crazy. Mm. She has, she could, her house is still surrounded by a puddle. The puddle is over two foot. Yeah. It's all, all the sides, the back, the front. She can't go out. Well, we can't even get into our house. She's stuck in the house with a dog. Yeah. I'd go insane too. Yeah. Well, as long as you've got plenty of supplies in, mm. uh, yeah. plenty of booze and plenty of cigarettes, yeah. if you happen to smoke cigarettes, oh, and plenty of, uh, food. plenty of drugs, uh, if you need them. I'm yes. talking about the legal type of drugs yes, here, of Irene Bolton. No, no, I, I thought um, you Senior wouldn't. counsel. Uh, <laughs> I would never speak about illegal things no. in your we, presence. No, we never speak you. of illegal things on that's 3CR, right. yeah. ever. And that's why Irene ever, sits ever. in the chair beside me. I'd dig him in the ribs every now and again. <laughs> Kick him in the shins. Yeah, she reminds well, me of my legal consequences. <laughs> it's only when he's about to talk about some person and mention some person yeah. that and Irene uses that hook thing. That well, anyway, I'm not going to be here. Umbrella. I'm not going to be here next week, Susan uh, and Irene. I'm no. going to be in uh, Tokyo and then Hiroshima, then uh, Osaka. So you'll no, have to do somehow. Guy. Somehow you're going to have to do without know. me for the next two weeks. <laughs> oh, golly! I don't know. We'll be scrambling around. Oh, yeah, sure will. Hey, I see that uh, council elections are coming up soon. The uh, yes. nominations uh, shut yesterday, and uh, the oh well, I, I was going to say the ALP, but I've I've got to mention both uh, the parties will be up to the uh, usual tricks. Uh, they're dirt, playing their dirty politics, but uh, we're going to be supporting a, a, a bloke called Brian Shanahan, uh, who's, yeah. who's standing in a Kazali ward of Darabin Council. Now, if there was ever a, a council that was mired in corruption, oh, <laughs> it's, it's Darabin. <laughs> uh, my God. Um, that's the uh, that's the council where Diana Asbar, who's mm. now in charge of the hospital services union, was once the mayor, and left under very very strange circumstances. And, About uh, which we cannot speak. Well, she left owing a lot of money. 
to the council. Some things are. Some things we really? are. Really? There are some things we are not to speak of. You've got oh. to have a reputation before you can be you can be defamed or libelled. <laughs> and we're talking about Diana Asbar. Yes. Um, so anyway, the council elections are on next month and uh, Brian Shanahan will be supporting him in the Kazali ward. So all you people out there that listen to the program... Uh, look out for Brian. He reckons he's going to be the next board. mayor. So if is he, uh, what is he? What's his politics? Oh, he's independent. Yes, um, but independent what? Oh, oh, he's very, so uh, is, uh, very progressive. Very, very progressive. progressive, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I wouldn't be supporting him if, if he wasn't. No. <laughs> I, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you, bag man. Well, I'm lucky uh, enough to be in Steve Jolly's. Uh, oh, you're, you're lucky. Well, I'm in, in his, uh, his board too. It's a mine in his ward in so, Abbotsford. So, so we don't have the chance. No, I'm not in Abbotsford. No, but I, yeah, perhaps I'm not. In, I don't know about wards, you see. I'm not really up with that, who, what, which ward he's in, but I would be supporting him anyway. Yeah, yeah well, I'm and, up uh, in the north of Clifton Hill. You did see, you see it goes that, across to the eastern <coughs> leafy fringes there. Did you see that the moronic UPF uh, invaded his um, <coughs> election due Oh, that's right. Steve, Steve Jolly had his... <laughs> and they were backed out of the... Well, nobody touched them, but they were backed out of the room. Quick smart. They were shaking like a dog <laughs> shooting razor blades. And afterwards, uh, on their their videos, they do umpteen videos. They're all on YouTube if anybody oh, wants yeah, well, to look up. Oh. Should uh, we bother? Well, yes. We well, some to. of it's hilarious because oh, yeah. uh, one of my Facebook friends, Peter Grace... Does a talk voiceover on a lot of it, oh, right. and he's fabulous because he uh, he just takes the piss totally. Um, but yes, yeah, so they did a video afterwards about how they went in, and you know, and these these sort of scummy people, these communists, <laughs> force them out, and ah, they go on about communists all the time. Everybody's a communist. Uh, mm. Even the yep. United Nations is a communist. So yeah. they turned yeah. up at the do. They yeah. turned up and went in uh, with their banners. And a, no, no, there were only two or three. There was a, a guy called Blair Cotterell. Yeah, um, we call him Der uh, uh, Der um, Fuhrer. No, yeah, well, it's the Der <laughs> thing for Der Fuhrer. <laughs> um, <laughs> And or blah, he's called blah by some of us blah. on uh, Facebook. Yes, here and he, uh, apparently uh, Steve Jolly had his election launch um, uh, last week, and yeah. uh, Blair Cottrell and one other with another mate. Well, yeah. well, all his mates would fit in a sidecar for a motorbike, but um, exactly there you go. Well, there's been a bit of a split, you see, because <laughs> they've, split split. Up, well, they've split up into these tiny groups <laughs> after their fight last week. Yeah, they have fights. That yeah. fight in the phone box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, they do. And they hate each other. Yeah. Uh, so well, they did have a fight in some rooms. No, look, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh at them. Guess I should laugh at these people. Well, Actually, I should be you out have there. to laugh at them. Well, if and, I, look, and I don't mean this, this is metaphorically speaking, oh, if, yes. if, if, if I didn't laugh, I'd have a gun. And I yes, take it. But yes. I speak metaphorically. But they're not worth not. going to jail for, I might tell you. Oh, I reckon you uh, can still laugh and have a gun. No, no, I'm speaking metaphorically. I, I would never, ever encourage anyone to go out and kill anyone. Oh, no. Oh, no, he's oh, called no. Der Uber Der. Uber Der. Yeah, Der oh, Uber the Uber Der. Der. Oh, yeah, he's the Uber Der. Uh, but they, we call um, them the potatoes as well. 
But we call Pauline Hanson the mother potatoes because they adore <laughs> Pauline Hanson. I tell you what, uh, just, <laughs> uh, just to get onto something serious. Get onto YouTube and look them up uh, anyway. Yeah. It's good for a big laugh. And to get onto something real serious. Um, yes. I've been wondering for a long, long time why men go out and murder their wives and murder their children. And it happens quite frequently. But I've been wondering why. Well, we only had to listen to the red-headed Jongo in Parliament the other day. And the reason why men go and kill their wives, their partners and their children is because of the frustration of the family court. Now, that gives you... All the reasons to go out and murder your family yes, if you're going to be... Yes, because you know, men are discriminated against well, in the family court. Most most women go to the family court to get a divorce after many, many years of domestic violence yes. and threats yes. of uh, murder and whatever. Uh, so according to the red-headed Drongo uh, this week in Parliament, uh, it's because of the frustration of the family court that makes men murder. And you know what she wants? Instead of the family court, she wants a sort of citizens panel. <laughs> Can you imagine? Deciding. I'm, I'm imagining she thinks it should be blokes um, and, and, and in I charge know, of it. And I know just where she can get her citizens panel from. She'll get them from that pub where people sit around to discuss which, which research projects should get grants. What pub's that? Oh, the pub that we're told that we should have all those, that money we're putting on research. Look, Scott Morrison explained. Oh, you did know, he? Oh, okay. Some this... of these things that we, you know, pay for, we fund oh. research on the most ridiculous things. No, she'll get the sort things. of... And it should be worked out by a sort of, a, sort of a, a committee of real people from the community, sort of like a local pub. Oh, yeah, so, well, uh, we should get them the ones who demonstrate out the front of the family court. Uh, because they're not allowed to beat their wives or girlfriends up anymore, and Mem- they're frustrated. There used to be uh, a group of men called the Black Shirts, yes, who used to uh, regularly patrol patrol outside of the family court. That's uh, right. Yes. And um, so, so, so we couldn't say, "Look, you, John Black, you've been, you know, mm-hmm. up there and intimidating and threatening mm-hmm. your wife again." When we've got this injunction saying you can't, you say, "No, that wasn't me. I, that." That was my mate. I went and intimidated his wife, yeah. and he well, went to intimidate mine. And a good friend of this uh, radio program, Paul Pope, yes. um, actually took on she did. the black shirts yes. and uh, Which w- is a went on brave. national TV oh, yes. and then suffered all sorts of uh, threats and intimidation. Well, they went to, didn't they go to a house? Yes, they did. Yes, yes, they did. Um, that's the kind of people that the black shirts are, and that's yes. the kind of people well, that do... Um, uh, assault their wives mm. and their children and mm. um, eventually end up murdering them. So you read her yes. Drongo. I don't think we should mention her name again. No. We just refer to her as potato. a red-headed Drongo, Drongo. Or, or the mother potato. Mother potato yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, I think she's always also said, I think, that... Um, uh, it's because women frustrate them because oh, they right. argue with them and stuff oh, like right. that. And shouldn't <laughs> argue back. Shouldn't argue back. Oh. You know, just oh. uh, do Give them told. sex whenever they want it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, get their dinner on the table when That's they're right. precisely ready. And do the washing and, in the And iron. do everything, yep. yeah. So... I- you see that uh, good news out of uh, America, the pro-life movement in the United States has long had a 
indicated the stance that human life begins at conception. And they're saying ejaculation is murder. Now, I've got to put my hands up here, folks. I'm a mass murderer. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about ejaculation Outside of the, the sin of um, Onan, I've got, yes, I've, got, I've got no idea whether they mean knocking the top off it or whatever, <laughs> but they're saying ejaculation. All right, Bagman, and we know that yes, they I aren't guess. actually pushing for that. It was a headline that they put out to show once again how ridiculous these laws people talking about. But we that, were taught that, that at, at, uh, at school. That uh, conception that you, humans are, are made at conception. And oh, that's yeah. why you're not allowed to have abortion. Our life begins at conception. Yeah, and you're not Every allowed to have abortion. sacred. That's why oh, I was going to yeah, sing that song. I was waiting for that's you why to you're sing not, it. We weren't allowed Every to take the pill. Every sperm is great. Every sperm, have, sperm uh, is sacred. Every sperm <laughs> diva. Great. It's great. <laughs> See, if, that's why so many young if, Catholic girls got pregnant. If because, a sperm uh, gets wasted... God gets quite irate. Yes. Oh, I, I actually watched it on YouTube the other day, and it's a fantastic. It's a fabulous. Song. It's a fabulous yeah. So, song. but but it led a lot of young Catholic girls Did because it? well, we were taught that you weren't allowed to use conception. Oh, digging yes. uh, contraception. Uh, uh, contraception because yeah. it was contra- it prevented. You're only allowed to have sex to have children. But uh, could you have sex with a man who was wearing a dinger? No, 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 really. Well, not unless you were married to him. No, no, oh, no. no. <laughs> but you were supposed no, he wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to have that any contraception, including really? what you called a dinger. Also, I've never heard that term yeah, before. Yeah, French and they used to be like <laughs> <laughs> Blame the French for everything. Yeah, remember they used to call them frangers. Yeah, frangers. Yeah, frangers. Yeah. Well, I call them diggers. You call them diggers. <laughs> no, 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 none of that, none of that. You, yeah. you, you, if you had sex, you had to be married and you had to do it to have a baby only. No oh, other reason. Jesus. Yes, just to procreate. So some yes. families of 13 children exactly. means dad only tried it 13 times. Exactly. Gee, My grandmother poor had... Poor bugger. No wonder he's knocking the top 13. off. And other families, of course, <laughs> had wives playing the cop in bed, saying, no, it's the ro- watching the calendar. Yes. Well, and stuff that they didn't really... We didn't really understand at the time. Yes. Wasn't it that Margaret Ty that used to don't promote... You talk oh, about don't Margaret Ty to me. Oh. Don't you oh. mention <laughs> Margaret I can tell you oh, about dear. Margaret Ty. Oh. Margaret Ty was married to the pharmacist, our yeah. local pharmacist. She was in the pharmacy shop. She was there. That was her. That was up in Pasco Vale somewhere. South. Oh, oh the Paris in the Pasco Vale. <laughs> <laughs> The Not the ghetto in the beach end of Pasco Vale, Vale South. The shop, that shop where she used to operate from, is now an op shop. Not a knock shop, an op shop. <laughs> well, she would have been she keeping an eye on everybody. What she, she did to me, that woman, what did she, she do? was disgusting. She's still alive. Oh, I hope not. I don't know. Well, you can't say that. Well, actually, should oh. I say this? But somebody I went to university doing law with is now the president of Right to Life. Oh, golly. We used to sit each, next to each other in ethics, that and other, uh, <coughs> we had slightly polar differences. That other person you went to law school with yeah. um, ended up being one of the headliners in, um, um, what's that show, um, that Real Housewives of Melbourne? Yes. The well, w- I know I didn't go to uni big... with her. I did my bar readers course oh, right. with her. Okay. Um, Good on yes, you. Yes, when we were both becoming barristers. Yeah. Um, Yes, uh, very, very tall, 
always beautifully dressed yeah. and manicured. Yeah. Uh, quite intimidating in many ways. Yes, yes, um, yes. I'm going to judges school next year. Oh, I've are you? already booked in. Yeah, oh, I'm good. I'm going straight yeah. to the top. They need judges, judges like school. you. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm going to talk about your favourite uh, subject because a third of Australian oh, yes. children are being given medication oh, by their parents yes. that will not help them and may, in fact, cause them harm. According yes. to the Royal Children's Hospital, mostly <sighs> over-the-counter pres- um, uh, medications that you get at your local pharmacy could actually be doing um, your yes. children yes. a lot of harm. Yes, yes. And I... I can't bear when I see commercial television mm. and there are these ads with these smiling mothers and smiling babies yes. and saying, give your babies these bloody... Well, all sorts of stuff. Non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs. And, and yes. you can get them in a jelly form. You, you can chew in, on them. Get yep. them in baby form. They're for yeah. babies. Yep. Giving them these bloody drugs. But Dance. not only that, giving giving them vitamins. I mean, if you're yeah, feeding your child properly. Well, yeah. Uh, but then, but then they start going on. You see about uh, big pharma and going on. Oh, you know, blah 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 about uh, big pharma. But the the um, companies that they're buying all these vitamins and alternative medicines from are making a fortune yeah. out of the. Ignorance. All I can yeah, say is it's ignorance. ignorance. The answer is um, But it's dangerous them. ignorance but they're, too. they're untested, yes. they're unregulated and whatever. Anything yes. could be in those uh, pills yes. that you put into your body. I reckon you'd, you'd be better off rubbing pea soup into your forehead three times Absolutely. a day than taking some of these medications that are normally, normally um, um, uh, promoted by uh, athletes. Yes. Didn't do them too good in the Olympic Games this year. No, but, uh, they didn't uh, take enough of them. <laughs> take enough of them. <laughs> but it's normally people that uh, advertise these products, namely uh, Swiss and whatever. Yes. Um, and those athletes don't even take the vitamins themselves. Well, if you're, you're eating a proper stupid. diet, you don't need to take yeah. vitamins. But yes. you, need, you need veggies. You've got to eat veggies. got to eat your veggies. Exactly. Yeah, make and, your hair uh, grow curly. Now that's crusts. Yes. Oh, is it? Yes, crusts. Well, oh, I've been eating my crust. I blew air. I blew away. And, and, and <laughs> obviously I didn't eat my crust and I didn't eat up my carrots either. No. But it's my become, eyes are starting to fail. It's become, a, it's become a sort of this alternative thing has become a, sort of a fight against Big Pharma somehow and also conventional medicine. Yeah. So, you know, they don't like conventional medicine. Oh, no. They don't believe in it, a lot of them. Well, and, good. Well, uh, next time they're knocked down by a car, don't let yes, them go, don't let them go near you. Uh, but, and they get on my Facebook page. Well, a lot of them, they don't anymore because, first of all, I give them an earful. <laughs> you you piss them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, they get on there saying the most ridiculous... Well, it's like the anti-vaccination people. They get mm. on there saying the most ridiculous things mm. Mm. about uh, medicines. And and they you have to worry about their children and worry about their relatives and everybody who gets sucked into this sort of mm. thing because they're just, they're just putting their children's lives at risk a lot of the time. Yeah, but if they want to put their own children's lives at risk, that's their problem. Keep that's those when children away from mine. From my children, yes, exactly. exactly. Um, keep them and at home, homeschool them, um, don't let them out because they're not giving chicken pox to my kids. No. Or in this case, my But not only that, they're putting them at lives at risk by giving them untested medication yeah. from... I, I can recall uh, in the uh, early 70s, um, when I was buying a house, and I had I had a room that I used to let out to 
people in need of a room. Desperate. Desperates. And uh, and I had this young woman who had a little baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she was of that uh, group who used to carry her, um, take her placenta with her. Oh, put it in my the freezer. God. But that's okay. Oh. I wasn't sure what she was going to do with it. Oh. It was in my freezer. But anyway, she um, her baby had a cold. And it was only a few, like about two or three months old, the baby. And she took it to some alternative place yeah, and yeah. came back with some medication. And I looked at it and I said to her, look, because it had all sorts of stuff in it that you shouldn't give to a baby. Um, and uh, I said, look, you need to go to a doctor. I mean, the baby's got a cold, but don't give the baby this medication. But that's what happens. Yep. They rely on these quacks. Quacks, that's the word. There's no other word but quacks. quacks. Yeah, well, apparently uh, the, uh, the Therapeutic Goods Administration warning that these over-the-counter medications are harmful. You shouldn't yes. be um, able to buy them over the you counter. You shouldn't be able to. No. But whenever someone gets a sniffle or they get a, mm. a, a, a sore joint or something, off to the chemist. They're always running for something, um, aren't they? Yeah, yes. uh, take a pill and whatever. The amount of cold and cough medicine that suddenly sprung up. We overnight, see it. Like cough the medicine mushrooms. is uh, What's the point of useless. It? Yes, useless. No, it doesn't only, stop you coughing. It makes money for people who are selling it. Fortune, billions, billions mm-hmm. and, and billions of dollars. No, no it does absolutely nothing. Well, the people, best thing is to yeah. go to bed. And, uh, and of, but you can't water. you can't legislate against stupidity. No, um, if, if someone has a sniffle or a sore joint and they want to race off to the chemist and buy uh, essence of kangaroo, or they like can run off seen. to the yes. supermarket. <laughs> That's true. Say. You don't <laughs> have to yeah. go to the pharmacy. You go no, to the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, that bottle of essence of kangaroo, which I seen in my local pharmacy really? not so long ago, thirty dollars <laughs> a bottle no. for essence of kangaroo. And all it was was a bottle of dehydrated kangaroo meat or skin or whatever. Something, some part (laughs) of the kangaroo. Yeah. Well, essence of kangaroo. Can you imagine someone going in and buying for a bottle of, for $30, a bottle of essence of kangaroo? Oh, I suppose you boil a kangaroo for an hour and then you take the water out in a bottle. You might as well buy a stock (laughs) tube. Yes, but um, actually talking about uh, legislating against people, though, what about we should work out some legislation against George Christensen from being allowed uh, to enter that Parliament. That proponent of sugar. <laughs> well, didn't he, he threaten to cross the floor on the uh, superannuation legislation that the government was going to put up? Uh, so the government had to change it just because he threatened to cross the floor. Well, the government uh, is about as... Uh, it's been uh, it's caught by the short and curlies, isn't it, by yeah. its far-right-wing loony. Well, it says a lot about the government that they're, they, they've got to be as tough as the skin on the rice custard um, or as weak as boarding house tea um, yes. that they'd actually give in to this fat boy of politics. Yep. But... Uh, the Parliament, unfortunately, is full of uh, wackies and loonies and whatever. Yes, There's Mr. Is. 77, it's... Um, who uh, yeah. apparently described himself uh, aligned to Socrates. He <laughs> oh, likened that, himself. that was hilarious. He yes. likened himself yes. to, to Socrates. Socrates. Yes. And yes. Did you, but this is the man who tells you why there's no such thing as climate change. He oh, says yeah. it's yes. simple. Did you say the sun shines Just, on the yeah. earth and that heats up the earth? 
Um, yes. But then, so the Earth pushes that heat back, as we all know, uh, into yes. the atmosphere, and the atmosphere cools it. Yes. So oh. the atmosphere is cooling the Earth. Yeah. There's uh-huh. no such thing as climate no. change. Have you seen the mad look in his eyes? He oh, looks yes, like they're very <laughs> frightening, look. aren't they? He looks like one of those people who says the Earth is flat, you know? Yes, he does look like a look. flat earther. Yeah, yeah, it's very I wish he'd come up to Talbot and maybe squeegee away the water from my <laughs> yeah, uh, from know, my house that's about to go under. You know what he'd you say about that, well, though, is that, well, climate change is supposed to be the Earth heating, and so we've got all this rain now, so how can we have climate change when there's rain? It's raining all the time. That's right. That's what they say now, yeah. what they're saying at the moment. Yes, because they're stupid. Right? Yes. Not to put it too fine a point on it, it's stupid. It would be stupid to say something. Well, of course yeah. it's stupid. Yes. So you've got Parliament full of this wacko, cracko people. 77 votes 70, that man 70, got. 77 votes. And, yes. and the whole of Australia um, came down on Ricky Muir because he oh. got 357 votes yeah. and uh, yeah. lampooned him. And he was a genius in yeah. comparison to this bloke, yeah. I can tell you. Well, at um, least he was a sensible person who had some sensible well, he ended ideas. Well, he ended up being uh, quite a good senator. He was. Yeah. Well, he was thoughtful and didn't have wacko well, Robert Sneeds and tinfoil hats. He was a know, worker. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's <laughs> definitely yeah. like but, those people who, who ordered them. But the other thing is Darren Hinch, and I'd like to say a bit next week about his why he is so dangerous yes. because he's been naming alleged well I'm I'm think he's at the moment only naming convicted pedophiles yeah. in parliament but yep. there is a huge danger for that with vigilantes we yeah. don't and want vigilantes for well that's God's what we're sake. going to get and when you see what they say on on facebook about you know what they think about these people because they're going to hound them. They're mm. going to find out where they live. That's right. They're going to go and throw, you know make them leave their houses. They won't. Oh, recently somebody um, made a complaint about one who was employed at at uh, McDonald's. At, was it McDonald's? Yeah, or? I think so. Yeah, it was one of one of the other ones. Uh, made him lose his job. Now, what do you want to do with these people? Do you want them out on the streets? So they're going to go around and... and have plenty of spare time on their You hands. know, when they're trying to rehabilitate mm. and live somewhere and have a job yeah. and and uh, they'll have to be reporting to people because they'll be on a register. Uh, so you want to hound them out so they're going to get all stressed and they're going to start offending. Mm. I mean, it's just... Well, some people say that you can't rehabilitate uh, pedophiles. Now, well, I think that everybody uh, should be uh, afforded the chance yes. to rehabilitate. Yes. Um, you can't uh, live with the crime uh, for the rest of your life. You can't be locked away for the rest of your life. So rehabilitation well, uh, is uh, for, uh, is open to murderers, rapists, abusers and whatever. Um, yes. So rehabilitation should be open to everybody. Yes, and it needs. That's what needs to be improved in the in the prison system. That's right. I haven't been there for a while. Anyway, um, well, it's coming up to nine fifty nine. You've been listening yeah. to Left After Breakfast, and a program presented by <laughs> the wonderful Susan Duffy, of which me and Irene Bolger have a very small part. Uh, so let's go at the same old way. Why not? Dare to struggle. Dare to win. If you don't fight, you lose. Good morning from Left After Breakfast. Bye. Mm-hmm.